yesterday I realized, took my son to basketball. We were outside practicing uh, before his game. And uh, I realized it got hot. Anyone else? I mean, it got hot quick. Like, what happened? Uh, Vegas is moody. And uh, so it got hot quick. And I was thinking yesterday, wouldn't it be nice to, you know, and, and forgive me if you're like you know, a theologian in the house, but wouldn't it be nice, just hypothetically speaking, wouldn't it be nice to have a magic wand and you just kind of like, you just kind of go, poof, summer body. I mean, you know I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be nice to kind of just go, poof, six pack, you know, like, like, you know, uh, don't worry, church, I'm ahead of the game. I have my winter body already formulating, all right? I'm ahead. I'm a planner. I'm a planner. Um, but seriously, wouldn't it be nice to have a, a wand and just kind of go like, poof, I have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, you know, like, like, poof, I have a great career. Or how many in the house would be like, poof, I have retirement. Come on, somebody. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you're like, pam, and you just, you, just, you just did it. Now, if you were to talk to anyone, uh, a, a workout trainer, financial advisor, please, uh, if you talk to anyone, uh, a YouTuber, and you say, you know, I want to I wanna be an influencer on YouTube or TikTok or, or, or whatever it is, you know, I, I want to make sure my future's planned in place. I wish years ago, you ever, I'm at the age now where they're like, did you know if you took if you put $2 a day, every day, by the time you're a millionaire, or by the time you're 60, you'll be a millionaire. And I'm like, that's great. And it's like, you have to start when you're six years old, you know, like, ah, you know, what about 39, you know. But any, anytime you talk to someone, you what they would tell you, whether it's a trainer, a financial guy, a career, a retirement, whatever the case is, even a pastor, wouldn't it be nice to just wave along, wave a wand, and you knew, you know, you knew exactly what the Bible meant? You know, you wave along, and you're like, yes, I know Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> sure. You know, I, am. I apologize for that. But if you were to talk to any of those, and yes, I am the lead pastor. The better one's down here, right? But if you were to talk to anyone who's ahead of you, or anyone who is in a place where you want to be, you know what they would tell you? I bet you they would say, just start. Just start. You want to look good for the summer? Just start. Start running. Start going to the gym. Uh, uh, start skipping a meal or whatever the case is, you know. Uh, you want to save up for retirement? Just start. Just start today. Uh, just start and just begin and, and, and just start putting away things and, and just start paying off your debt. Uh, just start and go to Financial Peace University, you know, whatever the case is. You know, if there's anything in your life that you desire to do, I bet you the answer would be just start. But the problem is, a lot of times we don't start because there's things that are stopping us. Whether it's excuses, whether it's, well, I should have, could have, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow. Anytime I want to, like, lose weight, I'm always like, well, maybe I'll start on Monday. So I can eat all the food I have in the house today. Because I'm a good steward. Amen. So the title of my message today is, is what's stopping you? It's what's stopping you. And I want to take it a step further because, yes, I am a pastor. And, and I want to ask you today, man, what is stopping you? from going after Jesus. Man, what is, what is stopping me from being a witness to Jesus, a witness for Jesus in Sin City? Man, what is stopping me from, from being a light in a very dark place? What is stopping you from being a light in a very dark cubicle? You know, I'm talking about like on the fifth floor downtown, you know. Like what is stopping us from making a difference for Jesus? What is stopping you from taking your next best step? What is stopping me? What is stopping 
you. And maybe you've been here today, and, and maybe you've already taken your next best step, and maybe connect one day, you already did the hat, and maybe you already got water baptized, maybe you're already in a small group. I want to challenge you today. What is, what is stopping you from doing exactly it is that God has called you to do? What is stopping you from doing exactly it is what God has called you to be in your life? So the title of my message or collection of talks today is just entitled, What's Stopping you. So if you got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to be reading on the NIV, uh, New International Version translation. And if you got your Bibles out, get your Bibles out. If you don't have a Bible, we have them completely free for you on the sides. Then you can just grab them. Uh, no questions asked. And here it is on the Jumbotron. It says, then Jesus came to Galilee. And I had to start with Jesus because nothing stopped our Savior. Can I get an amen, everybody? Nothing stopped him. He was unstoppable. And he said, he came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by his cousin John, John the Baptist. But John tried to deter him. John tried to stop him. He tried to stop him. And he said this, he said, I need to be baptized by you, and why do you come to me? And Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And Jesus, as soon as Jesus was water baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, the heavens would open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. Then a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. Let's pray over this message. Dear Heavenly Father, change us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, do a work in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody shout it. Amen. Amen. And the Bears are going to win this year. The draft is going so good, you know. Amen. And so, um, how many know Brittany and Matthew? Brittany's our next-gen director, and uh, she got married on Friday, on Friday, and uh, what a beautiful bride, and uh, he looks okay, right? He looks all right, and uh, we had such a great time uh, at, their, at their wedding, and uh, had a, had, it was super fun, and the afterwards, you know, eating, they had pizza, everybody, come on, I love that, pizza, pizza buffet, and uh, we had a great time dancing, and just celebrating uh, their marriage, and, and, and what happened on Friday was that Brittany and Matthew, they, they fulfilled what we call marriage, right? They, they went, they, they said their vows, they exchanged rings, uh, they, they went and got married. We have, I think right now, uh, three couples in this room about to get married uh, in this house as well. We got three couples, and uh, they're about to fulfill their wedding vows, and they're about to put on a ring on their finger, and then they, oh, here he comes. You just want to walk all the way up front, huh? There <laughs> And so uh, they're about to fulfill, right, Michael? You know, they're about to fulfill their marriage vows to one another. And from that day forward, from this day forward, how many of you know, for better, for worse, for richer, or, or for not as rich, you know, like, right? Until death do we part, you know, until I kill you. But what they did was they fulfilled a vow from that day on. That from that day on, you're going to see a ring on their finger and you're going to see that's the fulfillment of what we call marriage. That is the fulfillment of what God has ordained in our own lives that, that when two become one is a fulfillment of marriage. This is the same thing as a fulfillment of marriage becomes a fulfillment of relationship for Brittany and for Matthew. And that is why I thought it was curious when Jesus replied and said, no, 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 let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to get water baptized, to fulfill all righteousness. And what is interesting is Jesus came to the world without sin. 
He was sinless, so there was no washing away of his sins, but he did it to be an example for us. Then when I go in the water, it represents death, and when I come out of the water, it represents a whole brand new life. Amen? And I love this. He's a fulfilling all righteousness. Here's a commentary. Go ahead. Yep, commentary. He said he did not mean to fulfill the law because the law did not require baptism. While fulfill generally refers to prophecy, it most likely refers to fulfilling a relationship with God by obeying him in every aspect of life. So fulfillment of marriage, I'm walking into the fulfillment of marriage. I'm walking into a fulfillment of relationship. I am, I am Lindsay's and Lindsay's mine. Come on, somebody. But with that, I want you to know baptism is fulfilling a relationship with God. Baptism is saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. Water baptism is saying, I belong to Jesus. It is fulfilling a relationship with God. And what it's doing is when we get water baptized, people see it on Instagram, they see it on Facebook. I got to make a current, right? They see it on our live stream, whatever it is. They see that you're fulfilling the relationship with God. What relationship is that? Is that according to God's word, go ahead, next slide. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think it's incredible. I never thought about it this way. That when I get water baptized, I am fulfilling exactly what Jesus paid for. I'm fulfilling that he died for my sins. And that when I came out of that water, I am brand new because of a free gift. It is not because of what I did. It is because of what he's done in my life. And I want you to know. Baptism is not salvation, but it shows it. Baptism is is not salvation, but it shows it. Baptism shows that there is a fulfillment, that I accept a free gift called salvation in my life. So I want you to know, salvation is a gift, but baptism is our reaction. Baptism is a reaction. So I'm going to ask you today, what is stopping me from accepting the free gift of salvation? What is stopping me today? At Easter we saw hands go up all over the place. Last week with, with our guest speakers from uh, Bellevue, Washington, we saw hands go all, up all over the place. What are they doing? They're not joining the church and they're not saying, I'm here forever. What they're saying is, I accept the free gift. It's like going to a game and they're tossing up free t-shirts at the game and people go, woo, right? Same concept. Except I do it a little bit louder. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody go, me? Yeah, 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 take your shirt, take your shirt. But what is stopping us today from accepting the free gift of salvation? Now I love 1 Peter chapter 2. It talks about water baptism. And it says, and that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It's a response to God that I am now clean. It is, as, it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, he died on the cross, but how many know, three days later, he rose again. That's the same concept for us today. When we get in that water, we are being resurrected once again for new life. But I love that it says a clean conscience. You know what I love about water baptism? It's not purification, but it shows it. You know, and back in the old days, they used to uh, go to, they used to wear two garments uh, back in the old days, I mean, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. 
and they would go into the river to be water baptized, and they would have their dirty garment on. It would be a shirt that was all, had mud and dirt, and it was brown looking. And then when they dunked someone in the water and they came out, they would take off that dirty garment and underneath be a pure white T-shirt. And then they would let their dirty garment flow down the river, never to be seen again. Baptism is not purification, but it certainly shows it. That when Jesus died on the cross, he purified us and made us clean. I'll take it a step further. Baptism shows that I have decided to be holy. I have decided to be holy. Can you imagine going to work the next day if you get water baptized today? And tomorrow they're like, what were you doing in that water? Ah, just getting wet. But can you imagine you say, you know what, you know my life and you, you know my past life. But, man, something happened. I gave Jesus my heart. I got water baptized. I have decided today. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But I have decided today to live a holy life. Because Jesus says I am pure. Jesus says I am holy. See, I want you to know the water isn't what's powerful. It's what Jesus has done inside of us. It is what he has done inside of us. Now, anytime they talk about baptism, I had to, you know, begin to search this. And I knew uh, back during Jesus' time, they didn't have the New Testament because it was currently being written. Uh, and so during that time, they always referred to the Bible, which was Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, they would see in Exodus where there's actually a, a law that for the priests, that the priests had to go and they, rest, they made a water basin. And in that water basin, they would purify their hands and they purify their feet before they went into the holies of holies. But when Jesus died on the cross, he tore the veil so we all could enter into the holies of holies, into the presence of God. But they were also referencing Ezekiel when they talk about water baptism. Ezekiel 36, this is the Old Testament. And God spoke to Ezekiel. Ezekiel wrote this down. And it said, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And so this is when Jesus said, I need to get water baptized. And John's going, no, man, I'm the one that needs to be purified. You're without sin. But Jesus said, I need to do it as an example for them and it also to fulfill a relationship with my, with my father. It says, your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. Idols is anything you love more than God. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put in a new spirit in you. And I love this. I will take out. How I many you know my Savior is a surgeon? He's a doctor, the great physician. And he says, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. Another translation says a heart of flesh. I'll take out a heart of stone and I'm going to put in a heart of flesh. How many know God could do it in your life? Think about someone in your life that is so stony and stubborn. Keep your, shoulder, keep your elbows together, all right? Ah, you. And they walk out of here with tender and responsive heart, a heart of flesh. Come on, friends. Because I could tell you some of these stories like, I used to be a jerk. I used to be mean. I used to be selfish. But the more and more I begin to allow Jesus to do a work in my heart, the more and more I have to, and this, friends, this is what we have to understand, we have to allow him to do the painful surgery. We have to allow him into our heart to give us a new heart. Then I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. How many know a new heart? A lot of times, a go back one more, go back one more. A lot of times, a stony, stubborn heart says, "Bible's all about rules. Can't tell me what to do." But when you 
get into the presence of God, when you begin to fulfill a relationship with Jesus, you go, Jesus, thank you that my tender, responsive heart now can see it's not rules, it's protection. My goodness, are you protecting me. My goodness is a blessing over my life. So a new heart means God wants to put a new, pure heart in us. Now, I'm kind of in wedding mode a little bit still, all right, and uh, I really uh, had a fun dad moment. I just want to share with you if that's okay, all right. I'm going to like, like, let's pretend you're in my house. I'm like, let's watch this video that has nothing to do with you, you know. And uh, can I do that for a minute? Is that all right, church? And at the wedding, so uh, Levi, he's 11 years old. He's uh, our son, and uh, he is so innocent, and I love it. And at the wedding, I want you to think about his next-gen director, all right, like his children's minister it just got married. And so here it is at the wedding, uh, wedding reception. Isn't that beautiful? There's Brittany and Matthew. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. Okay. And I love this because that's innocence right there. And I want to tie this into my message just because I think this is hilarious. But I want you to know that maybe God wants to put us a new heart that is innocent again. A new heart that is just like a heart of a child. Not, not ignorant. Hear me out. Not ignorant. A lot of times church people get a lot of flack for that. They're just ignorant. They're just in a bubble. But, man, I, I believe Jesus, I, I, not in my notes or anything like that, but I really believe Jesus wants to give us a new heart, the heart that we had before trauma, the heart we had before all that pain, the, the heart we had before innocence was robbed from us. Remember, we're, we're more intelligent, but I pray for the innocence, the pure of heart. For you to step back and to say, no, I'm going to wait until my wedding day. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've been made pure and clean. Maybe you'll step back and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor God with my lips and my mouth. And I'll take a step further because it's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. But when God changes your heart, you, 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 tend, to not, you tend to cuss less and, and you tend to have a little bit more positivity. Not everything is doom and gloom. Man, what's that? someone told me, not everything's a joke, Jeremy. And I said, well, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> well, because I, re- I refuse to have a stubborn and unresponsive heart. So maybe God will put in a new heart inside of us. But then it also says he wants to put in a new spirit. And so when God wants to put a new spirit in us, I want you to know that a new spirit means a new relationship with Jesus. That's what a new spirit means. David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was, he was a, an adulterer. He, if you ever read his story where he was king and he defeated the giant and, and he made it and, and, and honored King Saul. King Saul died. He becomes king the right way. and He's king and having many battles, hearing from God. God is saying, yes, you'll have victory or don't fight them, you'll lose. And he's really pre- uh, preserved David's life. And one day David's out on the rooftop 
and he's supposed to be at war. A lot of times we, we get a little bit lazy or we go, well, what about me? And instead of fighting, he let his guard down, saw a woman taking a bath. Her name was Bathsheba taking a bath. I don't know why the correlation, but and he's, he's, he said, I want her. And he took her and, and he laid with her and he slept with her. And then uh, she had a husband who was actually at war, put him on the front lines to get him killed. He has a child with her, marries her. And as he loses the child, God is literally punishing him, saying, hey, you cannot have that child. And David writes in Psalm 51, 10 through 13, he doesn't say, forget you, Lord. What's your deal, Lord? I I choose to have a stubborn, unresponsive heart. David says, Jesus created me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit inside of me. Man, this is my prayer for the local church. We cannot be so desensitized that we forget about making a difference for Jesus. We can't be so desensitized that we are not willing to have a passionate spirit inside of us. Do not cast me from your presence. Do not remove me from relationship. That's what he's saying. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Friends, if you've been in church all your entire life, I want, to, I want you to start praying this prayer. Restore to me the joy of my salvation again. Restore to me the joy of my salvation again. That doesn't mean you're going to be like preaching on the street corner, right? doesn't necessarily mean that. It would be awesome. But it means that you're going to say, you know what, I have a passionate spirit after God again. He's refreshed relationship inside of me. Now when David said create, that same word was in Genesis chapter 1. They said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke a word, and he created the heavens and the earth. God wants to create in you a brand new beginning. I have a deep sense. Uh, there's always a moment in, as a pastor going, you know, Lord, do I, do I preach an entire message on baptism? I mean, maybe everybody's been baptized. Maybe, maybe you know, and all these different thoughts go in my mind. But I really feel like somebody in this room, you need a new beginning. You need a fresh start. And here's the thing, the world needs to know about it. So baptism is not a new beginning, but it certainly shows it. It shows it. It shows it. That when we get water baptized, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says, there is no condemnation to those who belong in Christ. It's because you belong to him The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So I want to ask you this morning, what is stopping you from becoming new? What is stopping you from becoming new? It rhymes because you know it's good. (laughs) What is stopping us from taking our next best step? What's stopping us from serving in the local church? What's stopping us from being a light in our family, a light in our workplaces? What's stopping us from being a light in our marriage? What's stopping us from taking our next best step? But here's kind of the last part I want to talk about is water baptism is for anyone and everyone who accepts Jesus into their heart. It ain't a special social club, friends, but it's for anyone and everyone who accepts Jesus into their heart. And I want to read a story and this particular story, there is, a, there is a disciple of Christ named Philip. 
And Philip was on his way and on his journey. And I want you to think about Philip. Philip is one who has fulfilled his relationship. He is one that is a disciple of Christ. He is fired up. He's the one that the moment God speaks, he'll do it. How many know? I believe God is looking for those that are silly enough to listen to him. Man, I want to be, I want to be silly enough to listen to the Holy Spirit, to do what he says. But then he sees a, 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 a let's go to scripture. He sees a, a angel of the Lord uh, said to Philip, rise and go that way. I want you to go down south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to, to Gaza. This is a desert place. Las Vegas, come on, somebody. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official. So I want you to know that the Lord is telling him, go speak to that court official. And I want you to understand the context. If he speaks to that court official, the court official can say, why are you speaking to me? I'm going to lock you up forever. The court official had power to be able to harm Philip, to hurt Philip, to, 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 to incarcerate Philip, to, to even kill him. But it says he was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah, the Old Testament. And the spirit said to Philip, go over there and join this chariot. I love that when God gives you a new spirit, man, we get to hear his voice. And, man, we get to, we get to, we get to hear him when, it, when there's a cashier at the grocery store. And we say, uh, every single time. I fight the Holy Spirit. I'm not there yet, all right. Where the Holy Spirit will say something to me and I go, uh, God loves you, you know. And they're like, oh, you know. And then all of a sudden the words just keep coming out. The Spirit said to Philip, go over there and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him. He ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and he asked, do you understand what you're reading? Do you know what, what it is that you're reading? And he said, how can I? Unless someone tells me, unless someone guides me. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth, and, the, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus. He's risking his life and he's telling him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? What is stopping me from being water baptized? What is stopping us today from taking a new step in Jesus Christ? Then he continues to say this, and he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he water baptized them. The, when you go into the water, and baptism means totally to submerge, baptismo, submerge. He goes into the water, comes out, and the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. There's that transportation. It's just boom, he teleported somewhere. And the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing. Friends, what is stopping you from taking your next best step? What is stopping you from getting water baptized? And here's the thing I want you to see here today. Baptism is not private. It's very public. It's very public. Nowhere in the Bible does it say your faith is private. Because friends, can I just challenge you for a minute? If your faith is private, then it's certainly not public. 
If your faith is private, it is certainly then not public. And Jesus wants your faith to be public. He wants the world to know that you're his son or you're his daughter. See, when Jesus got water baptized, when he got water baptized, he came out of the water, the heavens opened up, and said, this is my son, who I'm well pleased, who I'm well pleased. And so Acts chapter two, verse, uh, yet if you know the story, Peter denies Christ, Jesus redeems him. Jesus said, man, I want you to go feed my feet, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter then goes in his, with his new life, and this is what he said. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. He's preaching to a crowd. And he said, you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift, the free gift of salvation and the gift of a new spirit. Those who believed with Peter were baptized and they were added to the church that day. About 3,000, 3,000 in all. So do me a favor real quick. I want you to, don't, say, don't, don't hit the screen. I want you to say this word. And Peter, and Peter uh, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and were added to the church so, uh, uh, Peter, no, no, yeah, so so when I point to you, say that day. All right, so when Peter preached and said, repent, accept Jesus, get water baptized, he said, do it. He didn't say, leave here, go call your mom and dad, make sure they fly in, make sure you get to the church, put them up in a hotel, and make sure they get here, plan your visit, RSVP. He said, no, 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 what did Peter say? Peter said, get baptized. That day, that day. But maybe for you, you're saying, when do I take my next step? When do I take my next step? I want you to take your next step today. Whatever that looks like for you in this room. And he said they were baptized. They added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. I wonder if it was like a trickle effect. I wonder if it's just like, because, I mean, humanity hasn't changed too much. Just so you know. And I wonder if Peter was like, repent and get water baptized. I wonder if they're all looking at him. Like some do in congregations today. And they're all saying, I want to do it, but I don't want to be first. And I wonder if one at a time, people said, I'm tired of being private. I'm going to make my faith public. And they started to get baptized one by one by one by one. And in this, in the, in the Bible, they never really counted uh, women and children. So they believe it was way more than 3,000 people. Uh, I like this music, by the way. Get, 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 get baptized. No. All right. So I'm going to ask you today, what is stopping you today from taking your next best step? Will you stand with me, please, real quick? And I want to pray over you for just a moment. I want to ask the very first next step today is what's stopping you from accepting Jesus? What's, what's, what's stopping you from raising your hand today to say, I have decided to accept the free gift of salvation? And if that's you today, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to force you to go anywhere or to do anything. Hear me out. You know exactly when. I've had the local church push me around. And after I do all the things, I go, what just happened? It has to happen inside your heart. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. 
I want that new life. I need a new spirit inside of me. I need to walk out of here. Because you, know you know what a willing spirit is? You're walking out of here with purpose. You're walking out of here with hope. You're walking out of here saying, God's got a plan for my life. Man, I can live beyond today. I can live for Jesus today. Because he's given me a new heart, a new life. I made new creation in Christ Jesus. Cast off every weight that tries to entangle us. But that's you today. I won't embarrass you. I just want you to raise a hand. I want to pray that prayer with you. A prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Put it up high. One, yeah, anyone else? Two, three, four, anyone else? Five, five, six, anyone else? Anyone else? Come on. Six, seven, I see you. Seven, seven hands. Seven hands. And let's all pray a prayer together. Everyone lift your voice and say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for resurrecting again. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way you know how, I'm going to live for you. Because I now know I'm a new creation. I have a new heart. I have a new spirit. Because I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today.